Okay, how about your next patient, the 71-year-old man? So this is a 71-year-old male, a former tobacco user, two packs per day for 50 years since age 15. He discontinued tobacco 15 years ago. Hypertensive, some peripheral and cardiovascular disease, who at age 64 in January of 2005 presented with a cough, multiple pulmonary nodules bilaterally, seen both on CT and PET scan. He had bilateral, mediastinal, and supracavicular adenopathy, pulmonary function tests consistent with some mild COPD. And in January of 2005, underwent a transbronchial biopsy of the right middle lobe, which showed moderately differentiated adenocarcinoma. Mutation studies done at the time were negative. In February of 2005, he initiated systemic therapy with docetaxel, carboplatin, and bevacizumab, to which he received six cycles and achieved a virtual PET-CR, documented in July of 2005. So at that time, it was sort of early on in the continuous bevacizumab story, and I decided that the quality of his response, Neil, was so remarkable that I decided to follow him with surveillance only. And in December of 2006, 18 months later, because of increasing metabolic activity in his right middle lobe on a surveillance PET scan, we put him back on the same four cycles of docetaxel, carboplatin, and bevacizumab, to which again, he achieved a complete PET-CR. He remained in an unmaintained complete remission until August of 2009, when we again had to put him back on docetaxel, carbo, and Bev for four cycles, to which he again achieved a PET-CR, which has been maintained right up until this time. So his performance status is currently zero. He works full-time. He runs his own manufacturing business, and he looks terrific. He looks terrific, and he feels terrific. So here's someone who is out almost seven years with no maintenance therapy whatsoever, to whom he had three complete independent remissions to the same induction regimen of docetaxel, carbo, and Bev. And again, any side effects or tolerability issues with any of these agents? He's had fatigue at times while he's been on treatment, but other than fatigue, honestly, Neil, this guy has done really, really well. It's a remarkable story. So Rogerio, you know, we always try to pick the more interesting cases here. It sounds more like gist or something here, but any thoughts about sort of the biology of what's going on here? And, you know, is there any way to look at patients from a molecular point of view or predictive point of view to find somebody like this as opposed to somebody who doesn't respond at all? So this is, as Dennis said, a remarkable case, and unfortunately, in many ways, an outlier in terms of what we see with advanced adenocarcinoma of the lung. And really, I think, to Dennis's credit here, the art of oncology you know, prevailed over data and science. So Dennis used his experience and his intuition and really guided this man for, as he said, nearly seven years with minimal exposure to treatments to a point where he is truly someone who doesn't belong in the office. I know we say that about many patients, but when I first laid eyes on this man, I thought he was a visitor. He does not look like a patient at all. So it's an unbelievable story. There probably is something about his disease that we don't know yet, or that we don't capture with our current biology or knowledge of molecular biology. One day we hope to be able to identify these individuals 
up front. I think Dennis made a comment, and maybe he can repeat it now. Had he kept this individual on maintenance all this time, the credit would have gone to the drug and not necessarily to his you know, common sense. It's really unbelievable. 